princess welcome back to another episode of princess chronicles i am so happy that you're joining me and i'm so grateful to be able to uh, share the word of god with you today uh, it is my prayer that you feel the love of the father surrounding you and holding you and know that you are deeply 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 loved and there is nothing that you can do that separates you from the love that you have in christ jesus and so today we're going to talk a little bit more about that love. So that word, love, L-O-V-E. We hear it a lot. We say it a lot. It is tossed around a lot as if it has this very light uh, meaning, meaning as if it didn't uh, carry the weight behind it. We have I think in our society, we've kind of minimized that. We've minimized that word. And I know we spend our February 14th and it's all about love and romance. Um, however, I think love is messy. Love uh, is sacrifice. It costs us something. And while, yes, there is this beauty in it and there is this um, very much so romance about love it is gritty and grimy and it is messy I don't know if you've noticed that but anytime that you love something there is always this uh, risk of it hurting you or you hurting it or someone and so it can it can be it can be messy um, because we are messy individuals. And so when we are in relationships that involve love, whether it's you and a spouse or you and a, a kid or um, parents or family member, whatever, um, that potential for it to get really ugly is always there because we bring ourselves to that relationship. We bring ourselves to that situation. And we are at times very broken we are definitely we are imperfect and so that part of our humanity shows up in our relationships and it it makes it muddy it muddies the water of love and it makes it sometimes difficult to see the beauty in love when we're looking at the mess or the muck of love and i will tell you uh, that there's only one perfect love and, and we know that that's the love of God for us so much so that he sent his son, Jesus, uh, to be our Messiah. Uh, he sent him to die on the cross for our sins, demonstrating this perfect love for messy humanity. He demonstrated this very perfect love for us. But I'm not the Messiah and neither are you. And in our relationships, they are still messy. But I think the concept of uh, the Messiah dying for us gives me hope in my personal relationships and my personal situations. Uh, and that is because I know that I have been put in a position in which I can share the love of God even when mine is messy. So I can go, yeah, yes, I'm loving you to the best of my ability, but here indeed is this perfect love that God has for you that will never get muddy 
um, that it is pure and he loves to pour that onto you. But I also think it gives us um, the ability to pause and step back and think about our relationships from the standpoint of if God loves me so much that he would do this sacrifice for me so huge and so great as to sending his only son, then surely I can back up for the person that I love and show them at least grace. Sacrifice my opinion about something that is irrelevant, that doesn't really, um, is not the main point to demonstrate the love of God. So I've been married um, eight years this time. And yes, I said this time because there was a previous marriage and we won't talk about that. But this time I've been married, it'll be eight years in November. And I will tell you, I love my husband to pieces. And I so believe my husband loves me. Um, At least he says so on a regular basis. So I'm going to take him at his word. But definitely the love that we share is great. And I see the romance in it. But it is very messy at times. Most of the times it's messy. But there are some times in which we allow the mess to cloud our viewpoint and we will stand on opposite sides as if we're not on the same team. It's in those times that it's kind of hard to see the romance and the love. And it's hard to see how we are. um, It's hard to see the love in which we have defined it according to our society. And I, I will kid you not in those moments it's hurtful, it's painful um, because of how messy it has gotten. And I think we're not the only relationship. I'm pretty sure there are some of you who are listening today who has a marriage, a relationship with someone that has gotten very messy at times, if not now. Um, And those are hard. Those are hard seasons to deal with. And I think every relationship goes through Um, those challenges. Every marriage goes through the challenge of getting really, really messy where you can't see very clearly your mate, that you can't see clearly the person that you are in this long-term relationship with. And I'll use marriage because I think that's a committed relationship, a long-term relationship that we've said, I want to spend the rest of my life with this individual. And something has transpired in that in which we start to question um, our decision to be in this long-term relationship. We question whether or not we can endure this. And I think it's, it's the pain of it. It is the mess, the mud that we currently see, that we can't seem to see beyond the mud. So we've had several of those moments or those seasons in our uh, eight years or almost eight years. And I will tell you this, There were times in which I definitely questioned if um, being married was the right decision. And by all means, I know it is. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it is. But the mud sometimes gets so thick that it's hard for me to see that it is. And by no means am I saying that if you are in a relationship that is abusive in any way, that you should remain in that type of relationship and accept the abuse. 
But what I am saying is that sometimes our relationships are very messy and it gets muddy and there's fighting that happens as far as, and we don't like to use the word fighting around our house because there is no fist to cuff fighting um, that happens. There's no physical harm that happens. And there are times where things are said, but verbal abuse is not tolerated. And so therefore uh, we call it debates and heated discussions. Those are the two words that my son will use. And it's a debate if we are going back and forth and we're both trying to express our viewpoint of something. And it's, it's literally looks like a debate. He says something, I said something. And we are not agreeing on the same thing. But it's this level of I mutually respect you. And um, we're going to just go back and forth because, you know, I'm trying to get my point across. He's trying to get our point across. But we're still being respectful. Then there are moments, I kid you not, we have what we call heated discussions. And you know what those are. It's either, you know, if you have younger kids, it's pull your spouse into the bedroom, close the door, because this may get a little nasty, heated discussions. And they remain discussions, but they can be heated. And there are times that are things that are said in the midst of those heated discussions that we wish we had not said to one another. Um, that may be painful in the moment and sometimes it may be painful and truthful all at the same time but that truth was not spoken in love and so it was not really well received Um, it may have been sarcasm or criticism and yes it's truth but the love was not visible and so it made it hard for the other person to receive definitely though we have had some heated discussions And I will tell you, honestly tell you this, I don't remember why they started. I mean, none of them. I I can't remember. I can tell you that we had them and I can tell you uh, how messy it got, but I can't tell you how they started. I can't. Which tells me, I wonder if what we were even having that heated discussion about was something that was very important because when we have important discussions we remember those important discussions I mean my husband and I we we know the important discussions that we've had even if they were turned into debates we can remember those but the heated discussions the heated discussions I don't remember the starting place of those I do remember though the pain that I felt in those heated discussions And so one of the things I I had to teach my husband, and yes, I said I had to teach him, uh, was how to fight fair. And this whole concept of fighting fair is that we are always going to be on the same team. And and that's what I told my husband. We're on the same team. This is uh, Team Sims. That's our last name. This is Team Sims, and we're on the same team. And so if we turn against one another, then it leaves room for our adversary, the enemy, to invade our team and totally take over and win the game. And we are not allowing him to wreak destruction in our home and win the game of marriage. And therefore, we have to disagree or fight as though we are on the same team and as though we have to wake up next to one another in the morning. 
because at the end of the day that's that's our goal we will always wake up in the same bed next to one another no matter how heated that discussion may have gotten that's just a pact that we've made with one another because we know that we are messy and the situations we go through can make it hard and challenging but we don't want to give the enemy room enough to create and or to destroy the team that we are on so I say that to say this um, sometimes we have to learn how to fight we have to learn how to uh, approach our spouses approach the relationships and express ourselves because I don't want us to feel like especially women I don't want us to feel like that we have to lose our voice that our opinion doesn't matter that we don't get to say what it is that we need to say because we are attempting to be humble and our husband's helpmate being humble and being our husband's helpmate it is about respecting our spouses it is about supporting them but it is not about us being stepped on or walked over or not heard and I think your voice matters I will always say this because I'm always an advocate that's our entire ministry at warrior princess nation is for women to know that they are valued in Christ they are loved that their voice matter their stories matter and so by all means in our marriages our stories matter and our voices should be heard and so it's not shutting down and being quiet which is something I was so familiar with is that when something happened in our marriage that I didn't agree with I just totally shut down it was like you know what you you don't get my time you don't get my conversation and you darn sure are not getting any cookie okay and we all know what that is <laughs> but Definitely, that was my way of dealing with the argument. Instead of using my voice, I just completely shut down and isolated myself as a barrier to dealing with the issue. Whatever that issue was, if it got to the point where I felt like I was not being heard anymore or this became too heated of a discussion or things and words were flying and my feelings were hurt, I would completely shut down. And that's totally different from taking a step back and addressing the situation or taking a breather so that you could come back oh no 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 I would just shut down and there was no coming back to deal with the situation which means the next time it happened it was just building these wounds these these pains inside of us that we would slap a band-aid on and then move on and the next time it hurt it would open up another wound and we would try to slap a band-aid on that it wasn't really helping the matter so we had to sit down and have a conversation and my husband was not very used to this, but I had to teach him how to fight fairly, how that we are not agreeing, how to express himself, allow me to express myself. And sometimes there may be a word or two that's, that's unkind, but it should never be words that are so deeply wounding that we say to one another, that we should fight fair, that we should never... Um, isolate as far as I'm concerned that we would never say things so mean as far as you know throwing divorce on the table every time we don't get what we want or we're having a heated discussion you know 
threatening to take away something from someone because we are in a heated discussion. Those things are not fighting fair. Those things are so hurting and damaging to relationship that those should not be issues that are things that we bring up. Like the threat of divorce or the threat of withholding the cookie, the threat of, you know, you know, taking away the, the finances, all of those threats should not be a part of a discussion, a heated discussion or debate that a, um, a couple has. And it's damaging to a marriage when we have those elements in any type of discussion that we're going through. It's damaging and it's hard to repair. It's hard to come back from those situations. And I will honestly tell you, we have had some of those very things thrown into our heated discussions at a whim that not necessarily meaning them, but throwing them in there because we have allowed our adversary uh, to enter the conversation and hurtful things happened and there was no love. All we could see was mud that we were now throwing at one another. Um, and it was not a good slip sliding in the mud type of way either. It was, you know, hardcore mud wrestling um, and wounding one another in the process. And so we had to sit down and learn how to fight fair learn how to take those elements off of our discussions when they get heated, knowing that we have to remain on the same team. Um, and when it gets too difficult, I, I want you to know that turning to someone else or counsel godly wisdom is okay. And there are definitely, there's a girlfriend that um, I love her amazing story about, um, you know, marriage and restoration. And so you should check her out. Um, it's um, definitely go and check out Helpless to Happy um, and it's her marriage story and I'm thinking to myself and it's Hopeless to Happy but you know go look her up her podcast or her blog and definitely it was a ch it was a life changer to have those conversations with her and to learn from her about you know, her marriage and her situation and, you know, dealing with the things that she's gone through and then looking at my life and saying, you know what, that can be my story too. That God is no respecter of persons. If he has done that to, for someone else, then surely he has the ability to do that for me as well. And it's, it's about me wanting to, me wanting to make that move. And sometimes I have to be the first person. I have to be the first, the person that moves forward. And I know sometimes we don't want to be, we want to be the one that sits on the sideline and waits and make the other person come to us. But someone has to make the first step. Someone has to move forward. And by the way, that's hopelesstohappy.com. And she has some amazing stuff on her website and her story, her testimony and what they went through, uh, Tammy and Dale and how they overcame some things in their own marriage. But it was a, a lifesaver for me in my marriage. And it really taught me um, how to talk through things with my husband and how to make sure that we were on the same team. And I will tell you this, we have gotten a lot better, 
but there are still uh, debates at times and there are still even heated discussions, but there are things that we have learned to take off the table. We, there are things that we have learned to catch before they become heated discussions so that we can have a genuine, honest conversation about them um, before they get out of hand, before we start storing up all of these hurt feelings and emotions and then blowing up like a volcano because we can no longer hold them in anymore, that we've been packing them down, packing them down. And now this pressure releases and this anger comes flying out and it may be over socks on the floor, but it's really not socks on the floor. It's just the fact that we have not expressed our concerns or our issues over time and they've just been stacking up and the socks laid on the floor was the last straw that created this volcano explosion of emotions and anger with the other person is looking was like it was just socks on the floor like where's all this coming from it's because we haven't really dealt with you know those those situations and relationships so i would say this um i think the secret um because i've always asked this what's the secret to um a healthy relationship and I think that one secret can be found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, um, which I'm going to, I'll read it and then we'll kind of, you know, kind of go over it a little bit. But 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting at verse 14, it says this, um, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. For from now on, we regard no one from world, a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so long, no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God has reconciled the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sin against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we employ you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. Did you catch it? Floating throughout this scripture, Paul talks about this ministry of reconciliation. This thing that we have been called to to help those be reconciled to Christ or brought back in to a healthy relationship with Christ or th with God through Christ and I think that is a powerful thing for any relationship especially in a marriage relationship that we understand that we have this ministry of reconciliation that we have this ministry to reconcile ourselves back to one another as we reconcile those to God through Christ Jesus. That we see our spouses the way God sees them. That we see them as this new creation and this new creation that God has given and that we should reconcile back with. 
this whole concept of kiss and make up. I know we like to like throw it in and say, you know what, we have this big fight and that we then we kiss and we, you know, we make up and that can be wonderful and passionate of the makeup portion portion. But this kiss and makeup idea comes from the same point of this ministry of reconciliation. This time that we take the sacrifice that it takes to reconcile a relationship. Think about it. Christ died on the cross to reconcile us back to God. There was a sacrifice that took place for the reconciliation to happen. And so we have to be willing to make a sacrifice, sometimes a sacrifice of our pride, a sacrifice of our time, a sacrifice of our talent to reconcile the situation or the relationship with our spouses. And we need to be intentional about it, like really sitting down. And it's not just this flimsy, um, whimsical, I'm sorry that we throw out there to make, to say if, as if things are going to, sorry is going to make everything better. We have to go deeper than the I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry is not good enough. (laughs) We have to go deeper than the I'm sorry. We have to get to the root of the matter. You're sorry for what? Go beyond the just the surface level, I'm sorry, and really start to reconcile your relationships. Now, it may be with a spouse that you are kind of estranged from and you guys are really on the brinks of divorce and you are really in trouble. And, and I am telling you, before you make that final decision, reconcile attempt to reconcile even if you know that the ink is going to be signed on the dot your name is going to be signed on that dotted line reconcile the friendship if you can't reconcile the marriage reconcile the friendship that at the end of the day you may not be able to still be married but you should be able to still be friendly towards one another, cordial toward one another, be able to be in the same room with one another. That is the ministry that we have been given. And this is not just for those who call themselves ministers. No, no, no. This is for the entire body of Christ. We've been giving this ministry of reconciliation. And so whether or not it's parent to child or spouse to spouse or parent to, you know, no, friend to friend, We have been given this powerful tool and that is to kiss and make up. It is. It's to kiss and make up. It's to fix the brokenness in the relationship. That's the tool. That's the ministry we have been given. Fix the relationship that's been broken. However way that needs to be fixed. Whether you agree to disagree you agree to move on, move on. You agree that, you know what, I'm not going to hate you and despise you, but we can no longer have the relationship that we used to have because it's painful or it's creating harm. But fix it as much as you possibly can. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, fix it. Kiss and make up. Spiritually, reconcile the relationship just as Christ has reconciled you back to God. And we, we are 
individual messy people. And the Bible says that while we were yet in sin, the Messiah died for us. We were messy people, muddy, murky, messy in our relationship with God. And yet he still cleaned off the mud and reconciled us. How much more then can we take that same ministry of reconciliation and go minister to this to our relationships pour in some love in our relationships speak life into our relationships even if that means we're separated even if that means god forbid and the situation calls for it and even if that means there's divorce that it is still a reconciliation of that individual because that individual belongs to god just as you do And that individual needs to have love poured out on them and grace extended to them just as you do. No matter whether or not you are staying in that marriage, there still should be some grace and love that is extended to that other individual. So we have to figure out how to resolve the conflict in a manner that is going to honor Christ. And if that other person, that spouse, is not the one that's in a relationship with Christ, then it is solely your responsibility to do so. And if he is, or if she is, um, and I say he because, you know, this is the land of princesses, but if he is um, not at the place in his walk with Christ in which he can do that, or you feel like he's coming short as as a spouse, then step up. And I know it's like, well, why do I always have to be the one? you always have to be the one I don't know that's a God answer or a God question I don't know why you have to be the one but I do know that 2nd Corinthians 5 14 through 20 says that we've been given this ministry to do so and so now you have the knowledge that you've been given the ministry and so now you have the responsibility to operate in this ministry so Go learn how to fight fair. Go learn how to walk in the ministry of reconciliation. And by all means, go love love on the ones that you say you love. Love on them. Shower them with grace. Shower them with kindness. Love on them as you would want them to love on you. Hey, Princess, thank you so much for listening today. I pray that there is something that can help you in your journey and walk with Christ and in your relationships. Thank you so much for spending some time with me and um, letting me kind of like pour myself out um, to you and my heart out to you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for every princess and prince that is listening today. I pray that you would um, speak life to them, that you allow them to see the love that you have for them that um, you've given them this ministry of reconciliation, that you have literally kissed and made up with them, and that you've given them the ability to kiss and make up with those that they are in relationships with. And I pray that you show them um, how to reconcile and who to reconcile with, God, that you would um, speak to them, hold them, and heal them from every wounded place so that they can operate in this ministry of reconciliation that there is no hurt wounded place in them any longer that you bind up the brokenhearted as you say that you would 
We honor you and thank you in the summer, in the name of your son, we pray. Amen. If this uh, podcast has been a blessing to you, please feel free to subscribe, uh, share with a friend, visit us at warriorprincessnation.com. Um, there'll be some information there that we would love for you to kind of like just hang out with us on a regular basis. Find us on social media at Warrior Princess Nation, both on Facebook and Instagram. Like us and share. Definitely there is a way that you can um, support this uh, podcast financially and subscribe to a monthly subscription um, to this podcast. Help us continue to spread the message and spread the love and allow other women to know that they are indeed the daughters of God, that they are princesses, and together we are warriors and a nation. Thank you so much. God bless you.